Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Paul, rumour has it that you're doing some exams this week regarding keeping Britain warm. Oh yeah, well every five years you've got to do your, retake your stuff again to make sure you're safe and you're not a cowboy, so I'm, I'm doing, <laughs> you, doing my, my stuff this week, so back on the district on Thursday with a bit of luck unless I fail, so yeah, I'm doing alright, I've passed the first couple of days, so we'll finish off tomorrow. Lucky for you, I've got a question which possibly might be on the exam tomorrow, so I'm going to test you on this podcast to see if you get the right answer. Go on then. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so, you're under a boiler in a haunted house. You hear a weird hissing noise. Do you, A, look for a potential lost snake, B, realise it's an opportunity to audition for a pantomime bad guy in the local production and act out the old, oh yes it is, oh no it's not routine, when the owner asks if the boiler is fixed. C, tie the balloon in your hand and recreate the film up. Or D, turn off the gas. Uh, I don't know. Really. I, I don't think I'm going to turn it gas off. Uh, no. That's a, la- that's a last resort, that really. I think I'd have a look for the hidden snake. Good. I'm confident <laughs> you'll get the, you'll get it passed and, and keep Britain warm. That's the most important thing, Paul. When I hear like, hissing noises under boiler, Rob, it usually means water's coming from somewhere because as it is like any engineer will tell you if you hear like water running in an house your heart sort of stops for a minute because you think what have I left on someone's leaking someone's leaking you're running around like a madman trying to find it but usually it's just someone's flushed a chain or running a tap or something but <laughs> it's just instinct that kicks in brilliant so we'll look forward to passing that you can tell us about it next week also yeah. joining us on the show we've got Paul Parkin Parky how's your week been yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, I've not really done much. It's early in the week, isn't it? I've had a couple of appointments, but nothing nothing great. Nothing, No exams for me. Not since I was about 15, I don't think. So that was a while ago. I don't I don't envy you for that, Paul, I'll be honest with you. Everything's going okay. I'm having a, having a decent week. Obviously, get off the back of a win and, you know, the world seems a better place, doesn't it? Yeah, I've got a busy week this week. I've got my long-awaited balloon ride on Thursday, providing it's not too windy or not windy enough or too sunny or not sunny enough or too rainy <laughs> or the pilot's drunk or the basket's too big or too small or any other excuse to give me not to do it. And then also, I've got a brain scan on Thursday to check if my nose works. Basically, my wife says that I smell. I say I don't. So what they're doing, Parky, they're testing to see if I can or I can't rather than I do or I don't. Well, that's, an, that's interesting. I've never, I've never really come across that before. That's, that's, I mean, it sounds, it sounds quite severe when you say a brain scan, but obviously it, 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 they're not actually just, there's no problem with the brain as such no. in that way, or senses. Oh, that's, that's quite interesting. You'll have to let us know what the outcome of that is. It's, I, I, I wouldn't know how they go about that, to be honest. That's quite good. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, one of you is right, one of you is wrong. But we don't want any domestic, so we'll get it sorted. Yeah, I suppose your nose is, is top drawer in it, Paul, being under a boiler. You make sure that you can uh, smell the gas. <laughs> I can smell gas from a mile away, mate, if I go in and out. It's just it's something you get. It's like the gift that you get. You can sense it. You can sense it. But uh, have you ever had a scan before? Do you have to go in a machine? Because I have one on my back. 
uh, about five years ago, and you, they like you lie down, you roll into yeah. this thing, and it it sounds like someone's drilling something and making loads of noise. It's it's horrible. It's dead claustrophobic. You're like in a little tunnel. It sounds like Paul's got the force. He just knows. He just knows when there's a gas leak. That sounds about about right, Zabel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The force is with me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's loads to go at this week we'll look back at the Magic Weekend and so for a Devils victory against Hull Kingston Rovers we've got all the big news coming out of the club this week the Reds Rise campaign has finished with a record amount we're going to preview the game against Castleford on Friday night so we'll start with the Magic Weekend win against Hull Kingston Rovers You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review So, so for Devils were victorious at Magic Weekend. They beat Hull Kingston Rovers 26 points to 16. Parker, what a win for Paul Rowley's men. Yeah, really good. Great performance from the, from the boys. I, it was tough, really, but it could have been a lot tougher. You know, OKR have been in great form this year. They've got some really, really good, talented players, but I thought we handled it really well. I thought we looked comfortable in most aspects of the game. Certainly some of our attacking clicked again that we, we've probably not seen a lot this year. We made some really good breaks. The ball movement was superb. I think the weather will help that. The sunny conditions being dry. We're great to watch with all in hand. We are just so entertaining at times. Talking to fans of other clubs, they were more or less saying, you know, Wigan fans, Saints fans, they were saying the same thing, that just we're just great to watch. It's a bit heart in mouth at times, but no, a brilliant performance on, a, on, on the big stage. And Paul mentioned last week, you know, our record at Magic's never been Never been to, to sort of shout about, but I think I think we put a marker down this week for the, for the league as well. I think we we're going to get better as well, and uh, I think the rest of the league will look to that game at the weekend. And I think most people predicted a, a Rovers win, and I thought we made it look quite comfortable. So uh, no great great positive result, uh, and richly deserved. Created lots of chances. Paul bombed chances. That has to be said. Chris Atkin knock on. Ken Seo held up. Callum Watkins held up. We'll talk about that one in a bit. Dion Cross knocked on. Tyler Dupree had a half a chance. The Watkins to Seo pass that went forward. Siddle had an opportunity as well. Possibly thirty points plus there. That in a different game would have would have been on our total. Well, yeah, I think if the game hadn't been on telly, we probably would have got fifty points because mm. there's no video referee there. So half of them tries would have been given. I watched the game back yesterday, yesterday was it the day before. I was struggling a bit, really, because some of them, a lot of them, it depends, because he gives a no try on the field. Mm. The video referee is already influenced anyway, so you're looking at it thinking, well, I'm not going to give this because I can't, because if there's any element of doubt, he won't give it anyway. So it, I don't know, that rule just seems daft, because you, you're wasting like five minutes, because you're not going to give it. So, But I, I thought the team played really well. I thought... We had Ulkair at arm's length. I think they imploded, really, for me. They gave far too many penalties away. They knocked on countless times. I mean, they, they were in front of us there, and they give us two two penalty goals. I mean, the one right at half-time, it was just a cheap shot. If I was Willie Peters, well, he was. He was going mad in the press conference, Willie Peters, saying how well Salford had played, but how his team were just were just poor. So I thought they'd give us a real leg up. And in the second half, I mean, some of those breaks, where Briley comes through that gap there, he's cracking rugby. I mean, we've never seen rugby like that for donkey's years, have we? And it's great stuff to we play. And I thought we thought we deserved the win against a very, very good old KR side. So it was a very pleasing day, really. Yeah. 
I think the important thing when everything was going wrong, well, not wrong, but obviously we were getting chances bombing. We weren't, we didn't throw it away. We didn't panic. We stuck to the process parking. That's the important thing. I think that's the thing that Paul Rad likes to install into his players that the process will work. Just keep playing. Yeah, I think, you know, we didn't take some of the chances. We're making chances. Yeah. That's the main thing. You know what I mean? There's always going to be something coming off it. Doesn't always work, but we, we know that we can open teams up. And once you've done it once or twice, the confidence going through the team thinking, right, okay, it didn't work that time, but we'll, we'll just stick to, like you've just said there, and, and you know, to use a, a different coach's uh, sort of saying, you know, go through the process, stick to the process. And, and we do on Saturday, that was a perfect example of it. We didn't get frustrated by it. We didn't think, oh, it's not our day, things are going against us. We just we know within ourselves how good we are and what we can do to teams. Uh, and like I say, some of the attacking rugby on on Saturday was was phenomenal. Really was some of the best we've seen easily this year. You know, it, it was reminiscent of of what we were watching the back end of last season. You know, the ball movement and so on. But like I say, we we've just got to keep creating chances, and we we will. You know, we will take a few against a lesser team than Hull Kingston, who, like I say, have been good this year. You know, we could have racked up a real score there on Saturday. Let's look through the timeline of the game. Salford started well. Paul, three real big opportunities. Chris Atkin knocked on over the line. Kensia was held up. And then the Callum Watkins try, which was taken off for a double movement or being carried after the referee called it hell, whichever one you want to want the referee want to say. Strange decision for me, the, the Watkins one. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was a try. I thought we made a good start, though. We, we got off on the front foot, to be honest with you. And the only thing that worried me was we didn't score. And then, obviously, OK, I got that try. And you think, blind, we've had all that possession, all that territory, and we've not posted any points. So, uh, I didn't panic, though, because I knew we had enough in the tank. And it was a big, wide pitch, that. And you could see that the, the intention we'd come out with was to play. And we was always going to create chances. And I think OK is the same. I try and play the same way as us. I was listening to some of the pundits, and I think it was Wilkin who said they're a better side, OK. And I thought, well, I don't know where you get that one from. I think we, we're decent, us. We, we play some really good stuff. And it was good over the weekend because I don't normally get to watch all the matches, but I made a bit of an effort to, to try and watch some of the games on Sunday when I got back. And I watched the, the three Sunday games, and I thought, we're playing some cracking stuff. You know, I watched Huddersfield and they were absolutely awful. You know, you look at these teams and they've got, they probably spent an awful lot more money than what we spent. We are really getting value for money out of that squad. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah, we made a good start to the game, but obviously going six points down was a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment, really, does with the possession we'd had. So, like you said, Hull Car go in front, Mini Cello with the try, but then Solver hit back with the try from Joe Burgess. Look, lovely bit of work. Parky from Brody Croft spots the gap and sends uh, Joel Burgess over from 40 metres. Yeah, if I, if I had a, a pound for every time somebody said to me this year that Brody Croft doesn't look right, he doesn't look as good, he's not as good as last year, he thought he's not doing this, he's not doing that, I'd be a fairly wealthy man. You know it's going to come from Brody Croft. Again, he's just waiting for these conditions and, and the right game when we're on top, that's his game. We set a platform for a player like him, open up a gap, quick play the balls, he's a nightmare. He's an absolute nightmare because he's not only is he a clever player and, and quick off the mark, he's strong as well. You know, his upper body strength, he's, he's unbelievable. But yeah, he'd seen the play. He'd seen what had happened. There was slow retreat from the, the, the KR defence. He sees the gap. Aims at the de the defender that's backpedalling a little bit because he's not got back on side. So he's off balance, straight through the gap. And then, you know, I mean, well done to, to, to Joey Burgess for being there. You know, he's a winger in the middle of the park. You could see as well, good players do that. They, they know they can read the game. I mean, once Brody had gone through, I knew there was a try coming, but 
as soon as he got it, Burgess, it, it, nobody was going to touch him. Brilliant bit of play. Exactly what we love about Broder. What That's what he brings, you know. I love I love Mark Sneed and everything, the control and everything he brings to our team. But that X, that little bit of X factor that all good teams have. And, and, and you know, you need a great player, and that's that's what Brody's got. Yeah, so just spotting that gap, spotting the defender, not not doing his job, a little bit lazy, maybe. And off you go. And as as the conditions get hotter this summer, hopefully, I say that. I mean, this is England. It could be anything. It could be snowing next week. But uh, you know, you get these forwards who will tire a little bit, and you know, because of the heat and stuff. That's when you'll see Brodie Croft at his very best doing that a lot, lot more. And that was just an example of it on Saturday. Yep. So Mark Snead kicks the goal. He kicks a penalty shortly after to make it 8-6 to Salford. And then Hulk score the try through King, slipping the defensive line, Paul. And the big forward finds a way over. Out of nothing, really. Two attempts on our goal. Two tries. Yeah, I thought he poor defending that, really. I think we should have done better than that there. He just seemed to run onto that ball and... Skittled a few of the defenders out of the way. Perhaps should have done a bit better, a bit of a soft try to concede that. And we've not been conceding many tries like that this season. We've been pretty solid there, but I still wasn't panicking. As I said before, we got that that penalty goal, didn't we? Right on the break, which Need banged over because he had no other option really. So I was quite confident half time. Big, you know, expecting a big second half, but. We were in the game, really, weren't we? And well in the game, I thought, at half-time. I mean, it, the first half was a funny one because you were expecting loads of points, and but it never really got going. But I think that injury to to James Batchelor really slowed the game down. I think he was down for... I was watching the highlights the other day, and it was about 15, 20 minutes he was down for. So that, obviously, is a big concern to the players. And then they, they sort of keep him warm, aren't they, and things like that. And then after that, it takes you a bit to get going again. And thanks, Batchelor's all right. He's made you know, progress in hospital, so we send our best wishes to him. But... You know, it was a bit of a break in the game. But the second half, I thought it really got off to a flyer then, didn't it? We we should have scored, shouldn't we? If you remember, I think it was cute letting the ball bounce. It went that wide. And I thought we made a real porridge of that, you know, Burgess and, and Lafay. But we had chances again there early doors. We kept pushing. We kicked another penalty goal from Sneed. And then another penalty goal, Simbin for Hulk KR uh, parking. We thought to ourselves, man up here opportunity yeah we, we did the right thing by the way with it you know taking the taking the two just getting ourselves back on the hole and edging ahead again yeah uh, i must admit at half time i was saying to everyone i don't know how we're behind yeah. i really couldn't work out how we were losing in that game it, it was i thought we'd more or less dominated the first half anyway and like you say two breaks or i mean hold did the same thing last week and, and scored and you know, i don't know i mean the king try was was massively disappointing i think and there was a slip in there, and you know, which led to a missed tackle and that kind of, and that that can happen. But I thought that you know, could, could this be one of them days? Fortunately, the players didn't. But yeah, we took the right decisions with the penalties, and there were penalties, no doubt about that. I think whole whole KR's discipline let him down a little bit there. And I mean, the sim binny. If in other games, that's a red card. Mm. I'm not. I'm not advocating that. I don't want that. I don't want. 12 men, 11 men on a pitch at any time. That's just not not right. But seeing what was it Tetovano did at Leeds against Wigan a few weeks ago and got sent off for it was less than that. You know what I mean? He got a red card and that's this day and age, referees could do that. You know, I'm not going to enter the refereeing debate, but that was, I think he was fairly lucky just to get the 10. But again, we dominated the game and I think players get frustrated. I think that's what that was. A little bit of fatigue and frustration and they took it on Mark's need. 
silly really and, and then you know the other penalty before that he's just silly and like Paul said there Willie Peters would have been pulling his hair out with it so we, we kick another penalty we go in front we got a man up we kick deep and then Dion Cross gets Simbin for a high shot Paul and we're back to 12 apiece yeah it was a difficult one that I think You've probably, if you're Dion Cross, you've just probably got to be a bit smarter there because that ball goes in the air. What he's either going to do, Coot, he's either going to catch it in the air and then you're going to tackle him and it's a penalty or he's going to catch it and go to ground and you're going to catch him high, aren't you? Because he's he's dropping. So I think he was a bit naive there, Cross. I don't think it was... There's nothing he could do really about it. You know, I think Kendall said on the, the video when I was watching it on the telly, you went in with force. Well... In a contact sport, <laughs> we're supposed to go in with force. But no, I think he's just a bit clumsy there, Cross. But I don't think there was any malice in it. I think he just went to, to tackle him and that coot went down like a sack of potatoes, didn't he? But it was just one of them. But I think that's where your smartness comes in because they've just had a guy simbined. So you know as soon as you do something in the next set of six, he's going to even things up and, and, and simbin him. So I don't think the referee had any choice there. Really. I think it was a it was one of them. He could have, he could have done a bit better there, Crossy. Yeah, I just think when you when the sort of the bomb goes up in the chase, it's all adrenaline in it, and it takes a takes a special player to pull out there when it's yeah. ready, ready to tackle him. Even though he does go to ground, he does it in my. So Simbin probably is correct. So both teams are out of twelve men. Hulkiar attack go over in the corner through Hall, obviously on that side of the field. Man down Parker and Hall being one of the top wings in the country goes over and scores. Yeah, just just going off the, the cross thing, by the way. You know, you're going to get carded for that. There's no doubt about it. But Mikey Lewis did three shots to somebody to, to, to the head during yeah. the game and didn't. Now, I, I know why, because there were more of slaps than, than anything else. And it, if Cross had done that, he'd have probably stayed on. But he did he did hit him with a bit of a bit of force. And like Paul said, I mean, that's, that's his job at the end of the day. But it's where you catch somebody. A little bit of a difficult one, that. But I, I'm, I'm not going to have a go at the, Kendall for that I think he's he's got no option again it wasn't great defense we haven't read it I don't think and I don't think we'd recovered from having Cross put in the bin I don't think we'd perhaps I don't know the, the, the lads hadn't chatted or you know dragged enough men over to that side of the pitch or whatever we just got caught out there and, and Ryan Hall's always going to score he is a, a, a brilliant finisher he's big strong and the way he puts that ball down he, he gets it into that hand and makes it difficult for us to get, get towards him and then just crashes over and there was no doubt. I mean, you know, it went to the video ref, but there was no point. He was he, he was always grounding the ball. And again, that's one of the moments where you think, after all that, how are we, how are we behind again? We, we don't deserve this. And again, in my mind, I thought, we've been in control of this. We can still win it, but we shouldn't be in this position right now. 16-14 down, Paul. Many Salford teams of the past would have had a bit of a moment there, I think. But this one, Dug again, went again and scored. Lovely try from Ken Seal. Lovely break by Ryan Briley. Fed Seal and he scorched over from 30 metres for the try. Yeah, I just sat behind the... I wasn't that far from the dugout and Chris Atkin was on the bench. He just he, he was just getting ready to go on and he was stood with Kristen Inu, I think it was, and Kurt, not Kurt Atkin, he was Inu. And he must have been talking to him on the thing because he put some headphones on and Paul Rowley must have been telling him something. You could see him. He was itched like a dog, you know, waiting to go, waiting to get on the pitch and start and start. And as soon as he went on, you could see, you could feel the tempo of the game. So that was a that was a really sort of, in, well, not an inspired substitute, but it's in the game plan. He was always going to do that. But as soon as he got on, I, I felt something was going to happen then. And, and he did. He, he, he knocked that tempo up and... 
I thought we went up through the gears then and okay, I couldn't live with us. It was like we, we just seemed to go to a higher tempo and, and they were done really then and we could have had even more points after that. You know, we, we could, you know, when Sidlow went over, but there was only one team in it then for me in that last 10 minutes. Yeah, obviously Salford were on fire. Parker, the next try from Chris Hacking, lovely break by Brody Croft. Fed Atkin, he crashes all by the posts and it's a game set and match. Reds, Devils. Yeah, Brody there again, obviously made the break, but actually kept kept the ball alive. He went down, he didn't didn't die with it. He could have, you know, panicked a little bit or whatever, and he didn't. He just kept his wits around him, had a had a look, and there's Chris. And Atkin did well there to to get over as well, because he was under he was under some serious pressure to get over that line. And obviously he was delighted with that being an ex an ex Robin, so he, he was you know absolutely buzzing. But going back to the the CO try, that bit of skill, the way they, they link up, that's what we saw last year so much. And mm. as soon as Kez got the ball and went through, shown great pace. I mean, you know, he's not he's not a youngster anymore, is he, Ryan Briley? He's, he's got you know he's got a few years on the clock, and yet he just left everybody for dead. And obviously, like all good you know all good wingers, try scorers, Kenny CEO's there. And again, as soon as he got the ball, you knew he was scoring. That last one just put the, the, the cherry on the cake, didn't it? It was well worked. Again, just just bright play. And, and this backing up, there's somebody always being there and knowing that somebody's going to be there. The amount of times in the past we've seen Salford, a Steve Blakely break, and he's turned around and looked and he's on his own. He's just going to get clobbered and that's it. You know, it's happened for, for you know decades now. And this is just totally different. You know, every time we make a great general, there's somebody there, whoever it is, whether they finish it off, they're there in support. And that's that's a massive plus. And and in between that, we'd had a try disallowed as well. Another one, I think, was it uh, was it Lafayette, which was I, I'm still baffled by. I, I don't quite understand how they got to that decision. But like Paul said earlier, referee said no try. And it's, it's a definite influence. You know, they're trying to find any reason then. Let's not, we can't give this because the referee says it's not. Otherwise, it makes the referee look stupid. But yeah, so it could have been a wider margin and, and wouldn't have been, but I don't know. I think we deserved it. But yeah, no, some great play. Great to watch. The conditions obviously help us. When it gets warm, we'll be, we'll be even better. Yeah. Brody Croft, Mark Sneed, Ryan Briley combi- combining, Paul attacking the edges. Great, you know, we had runners all over. Okay, I couldn't deal with it, and that's why we're, you know, scoring points and creating chances of fun. Yeah, that last try that Atkins scored, didn't he start the move? I'm sure it was his pass that, that actually started the move. It was a lovely pass, like a, like an inside ball, and boom, they'd gone away. And then it just shows you how good he is because then he's backing up at the end to finish the try. But I thought Brody Croft was so intelligent there because he sort of got caught. But he didn't get to ground. He sort of sat up and passed the ball. You know, so his ball carrying arm didn't touch the floor. So it was great, great bit of play. And I think when we're playing at fourth like that, that is so inventive. It's so good to watch. And the players all seem to read each other. So, yeah, I thought it was a great result. And to kick off the, the Magic Weekend with a win there, you know, Paul Lillou was delighted. It was a great start to the day, really. And I thought our match was, was one of the best ones of the weekend. I haven't seen all the others. I thought it was a great performance. And, you know, there's some disappointing ones. You look at Wigan, they got absolutely smashed, didn't they? And Warrington got beat as well. Huddersfield got hammered. So some of the other the sides have, have really disappointed. So our game was a good win. Yeah, talking about Paul Rowley. Here he is now talking to you, Paul, about the win at Magic. <laughs> Coach's Corner. Right, I'd like to say Paul Rowley joins me. A triumphant Paul Rowley. It was a good press conference that with, with Ryan Briley. How well did Ryan play today first? 
Yeah, um, I love doing a press conference when I often bring players in, as you know, and uh, the, but he requested, they requested Ryan today. So I really enjoy that because, uh, especially when you win, I think it's really good to get players up, get their point of view. Um, and, and in particular, Ryan, as everybody knows, we're, we're pretty, uh, you know, where one goes, the other goes. And uh, there's a reason for that. And the reason is, uh, there's a trust between us both and for me he knows how I want to play he delivers it in terms of being my best salesman uh, but but ultimately it's what he does on the field he's I think he's he's fantastic I think it, as it stands to now he's, he's been our best player at Salford this year um, and I just think I just think what he does um, is is world-class uh, you know if you put it in the NRL or you put it on a different stage he's it's actually world class. Some of the stuff that he does, and, uh, and I'm not just talking about attack. I'm talking about defence too. So, um, yeah, I think he's brilliant. It's a tough old game that as well, wasn't it? So some great tries scored in that second mm. half. But looking at Brodie Croft when he come off, he's got the old Terry Butcher headband yeah. on. It was a bruising encounter, wasn't it? Yeah. How pleased are you with your side? Sort of commitment, desire, the way they, the way they battle and scrap for each other. Uh, it's interesting when you play in a winning side. Um, you. You, you always feel like you're going to win and so you know as staff like whilst we trust them it's a little bit more nerve-wracking for us however I think as a group they've got a real good trust amongst themselves and a real good belief and, and that gives them patience so they don't overplay they don't chase a game when there's no need to chase a game uh, they're happy to build pressure and, and, and kill the opportunities when they come and uh, I thought today we had loads of opportunities in that first half obviously I think we had three tries like you know disallowed and um, you, we had we had some opportunities that we missed. We'll, we'll say we missed them. They're our fault. Uh, which you know there were some errors. So you know that give you a perception that we're making a lot of errors. But we're in the act of scoring and you know like Chris Atkin going over. It's you know I will take them every day because he'll he'll nail them as well. So um, I thought I thought it was just it was a really good game. And the biggest thing we needed is to have belief when them sort of opportunities weren't being. Um, uh, transferred into points because you get that, you, you can get them excuses where it's not you know it's not going to be our day referees doing this or you know you were unlucky so you you know you could spiral there into a into a lull but I think our boys have a, a large amount of spirit I think they reflect the crowd um, you know big game on two Man City Man City and Man United both playing at the same time we've got a, we've got a core group of fans here that were. You know, they're all, each one shouted it, shouted loud enough for four people. So uh, I'm really proud of the players today. I'm really proud of the supporters. I'm really pleased with the supporters as well that they can, you know, they they've got that game out of the way and they can just have a good drink now, enjoy Magic Weekend, and uh, you know, stick the chest out and be proud, be proud to be Salford. There was a lot of sort of stages in that game where it could have drifted away from you. Yeah. You know, you were behind. Composure, though, you seem to show yeah. an awful lot of composure. How important is it when you've got a guy like Mark Steed in the mm. team who kicks it more or less every goal? He takes them opportunities. He's a real talisman for the side, isn't he? He is, yeah, he is. Um, and, and, you know, his kicking's really important. Um, he, he was poorly today, Sneeder, so I think he was probably 20% off where he could be. Uh, but he was poorly yesterday. He had a room on his own because we didn't want Robbie to catch his illness. But um, but yeah, so to step up and do 80 minutes, you know, he was pretty uh, pale there at the end. But uh, he managed to get on the bus as an avid Man United fan. He's gone watching the game. But I thought his half pack partner had his best game of the season, Brody Croft. So I guess Sneeder enough limelight. Uh, I'll give him some for being brave today under circumstances but I thought Brodie Croft today 
um, showed some real class. I thought he was outstanding. Um, and interestingly enough, I think this is just about when he kicked in to his best form this time last year. There's been a lot of talk about OKR flexing the muscles and throwing the weight around, particularly in a Tyler Dupree situation. What do you, what does Paul Rowley make of that? Uh, facts are Tyler plays for Salford he's got a three year contract he comes to train and trains well he smiles we smile at him uh, he loves us we love him uh, and my opinion is that uh, you know I, I, I'm a coach who likes to build things from the bottom up I've done it before and that's kind of the the uh, remit that, that I gave myself you know in, in taking this job so um, I'm a builder I don't like to dismantle that's, that's not what I'm about um, and so um, you know that's that's what we need to do. Make sure we keep all the people. So uh, yeah, just as long as Tyler's happy and we're happy, um, we'll we'll kick on. They're the facts. I enjoyed his performance today and last week. So uh, he's got a lot more to come, which is the exciting bit as well. So um, he's our player. So end of story to me. Someone said before, why are people not shouting about solve from the rooftops? You don't like that, do you? You want to stay yeah. under the radar, don't you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I think uh, I think we're not going to shout about ourselves. If, if people want to shout, then fair enough. But you'll only end up having to straight back all the answers then and talk them down. So um, I think what we say internally and what we say externally are two different things uh, because we want to remain humble um, and you know feet firmly on the ground because ultimately we've come to a wonderful stadium and won two points. Um, so it's always in rugby league and, and sport. It's what you do next. So our next. Our next assignment is, is already on our radar, which is Castleford. So, um, as they always says, no point getting two points here and losing two at Castleford. So, um, well, I just think today was a good day. Uh, more, most importantly, because uh, they've been a bit of a bogey side for us. So to, to get the win, get the blueprint of how to do it, uh, and, and, and kind of whilst you know and you can verbalise it, to put it into practice and, and get over the line, um, so to speak. He's, he's, he's good for the players going forward so uh, we, you know we've got a big half of the season to come and we're looking forward to it Alex Gerrard how's he doing before I forget to ask you yeah he's struggling he's got he's got uh, an issue with his knee that's just just ongoing uh, I think probably uh, as we've seen a lot of times the, the mileage he's done and, and on the witness pitch the plastic pitch has probably just about shot his knee to bits um, so we're going to have to manage him and hopefully uh, whether it be one week or two weeks, hopefully um, when he comes back into the fold, he can have an extended period where he just plays week to week, you know, rather than one in, two out, uh, because this is no good for anybody. But, um, you know, speaking to Alex, there's nobody more um, keen to, to get it right, nobody, nobody more frustrated than himself. Uh, but, yeah, we just we just need to get him, get him back and fighting for that spot because um, he's a good rugby player and, uh, and, and we do we do miss him and uh, you know hopefully he'll be back soon thanks very much for taking time to speak to us Paul I'm not going to mention the cup quarter final because you've got a massive yeah. game at Cass next week so all Absolutely. the best with that one mate thanks a lot mate thanks mate so that was Paul Rowley talking to you Paul after the wind and he was with the performance he was yeah I went in this local radio room with Jack Deering with him and we went to talk to him and Jack spoke to him first and the guy who did the commentary for Sky Mark Wilson was there and apparently Mark must have said to him in the commentary must have asked him a question just before our time and Paul really was slagging him off because he asked him a daft question so it's quite funny that but, but yeah he, he was delighted Paul Rowley and, and rightly so he was really chuffed with the, with the win and he, he brought Ryan Briley into the press conference and it was quite a big one in there because all the, the people were there obviously with the 
been at football ground, it'd been a big event. And he was really sort of singing. Ryan, Ryan looked a bit embarrassed actually, but he was singing his praises, saying he should be, you know, in contention for international recognition. And you know, I think he's right. I think Ryan Braille has been one of the best fullbacks this season. He was saying about him playing for England. I thought he's already played for Scotland, but. Yeah. I think you can you can play for England, can't you, or Australia if you play for somebody else. But I think he's right. I think Paul Rowley really... One thing I've noticed about Rowley is he doesn't have to stick up for his players. He really sticks up for them. He really sort of looks after them, defends them, and, and he'll sing the praises if they've won. And, and that's good in a coach. The, the players all seem to trust him. And it just makes me chuckle sometimes because Ryan Braille is like his sort of rugby league son, Paul Rowley. He's like his dad. So, <laughs> so you're saying like he's texting everywhere. He's his best salesman. I think that's the best way to describe him, but no, it was good to see Borrell in such a chipper mood. Yeah, it was like, as you say, he does play for Scotland, Ryan Brown, let's not forget, and it kind of reminds me, Paul, about your favourite comedy clip from TalkSport, Anthony Namey, and the <laughs> Scottish um, fan asking the radio <laughs> wanted to play for Scotland, but he told him he was finished, and he said, I'm not finished, I'm tw- he's 28, which always makes <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> It comes up on my memories on Facebook every now and again. I have to watch it because it's so funny. Yeah, so it reminds me of that. When he said, well, I want to play for England. He was like, well, but he's Scottish. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, great result. Obviously talked about building pressure, Parky, and, and how the players mentally were strong enough to keep going to the well after so many chances bombed. Yeah, like, like yeah, basically, like I was saying before about you know the fact that we didn't get downhearted by anything. We stay, we stay bright, we stay alert, and we just go through what what they obviously do all week. This is how we're going to play this game. It's not, it doesn't work at first. It doesn't matter. We'll keep doing it, and we'll keep doing it, and we'll it, you know it will work. Yeah, and again, it, I mean, he spoke well about about Ryan, obviously, but I think it earned speak about Mark Sneed as well and the influence that he's had on this team and. And the development of Mark's need as a, as a player, even in his short time with us, his couple of years that he's been back with us from from his time at Hull, he's a different player to the one I I saw at Hull. You know, he, he did well for them, obviously, but he didn't he didn't have that role. Now he is the senior member in many ways of that team, and he's he's so pivotal to everything we do. When you watch him, and I've watched that game back again on from from Saturday, he doesn't have to touch the ball. He's just involved. He knows. He directs. He shouts. He's brilliant. I mean, obviously, we know Cal's obviously captain, but Mark Snead must be like having a, another captain on the pitch with you because he's he's so he's so good at what he does. He's great to watch. He, he kind of reminds me in a way of, a, of what Gavin Clinch did a few years back, that, or, or a Dunham or, or that kind of player where you don't have to be involved every you know every tackle. You can touch the ball once in, in a set of six if you have to, and that's on the last tackle to boot it. But he's made sure that everybody else knows their job and he's doing it. And I, I think Paul Rowley was 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 right, you know, to, to not single him out as such, because obviously he sings the praises of all these players and, and rightly so. But I think Mark's just getting better and better the more, you know, the, the, the older he gets. Yeah. Looking at the stats, Paul, top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 22. King, V, 25. Oliver Partington, 34. Chris Atkin, 13. Tyler Dupree, 29. Yeah, it's a big effort that a big effort in the in the heat as well. I mean, I didn't realise how warm it was up there, but you know, pitch side, I believe it was really warm and it was a taxing day. And as we said before, it's a big pitch that mm-hmm. Saint James Park. So had to do a lot of work in that game. Okay, I've got a big pack as well, a big pack of forwards. So I thought it was a good effort from the players. That 
Yep. Top meter makers, Parkage, Old Burgess, 132, Callum Watkins, 115, Brodie Croft, 118, Oliver Partington, 86, and Adam Sidlow, 99. Well, yeah, and I know you'll, you'll read them out in a bit. My man of the match was, was Ollie Partington. I thought he was brilliant. We, we, we missed him a lot when he was injured. He does a lot of that. that again, another one of the players does a lot of that work that people don't always see. I mean, we know he's a good rugby player. You know, we know he's, he's got good hands for a big man and everything else, but he uh, he works so hard. And he, when you watch it back on the, the coverage on Sky, for me, he seems to be involved in twice as many tackles as that. You know, he's doing two or three on a bounce. And, and the other player for me was Callum Watkins again. He's just everywhere all the time. You know, he, he does lead by example. Like I was saying about, about Sneedy, you know, doing it obviously with his actions as well, but with his, you know, verbally and, and getting people organised. Cal Watkins, if you can have 13 Cal Watkins, you won't go far wrong at any time. He, he's just unbelievable. He seems never seems to be tired. You know, first minute, last minute, he seems fresh and ready to go. And, and the transition, obviously, as we know, from, from centre to second row was it's just been seamless for him. And that's what you get with, with you know, world-class athletes and, and, and a, you know, a world-class player. So, yeah, but it doesn't surprise me in metres. I think certain, certain players like Brody and with the space that we were given on a big pitch, like Paul said, made, made plenty of metres. Yeah. Average gains, Paul Callum Watkins, eight. Joel Burgess, nine. King V, seven. Adam Sidlow, eight. And Amir Borough, nine. We talked last week, didn't we, Paul, about players running over tackles. And I think I think the Golden Rulers is getting a 10. And that shows how good you, you have been on the day. Yeah, that's right. Well, we always say, don't worry about your pack dominating. And, and you, you've got to dominate if you're going to beat, beat sides, especially Super League, especially sides in that top six with, with such big packs of forwards. I mean, we'll probably talk after about Castleford. I mean, they've got probably not the best pack in the league, but you're going to get tested again there on Friday night. And, and I thought we stood up and we, we, we don't get bullied anymore. We don't get bullied in the forwards there. And, and, and that stands in good stead and lays that platform for this other good work to be done. I and mean, we all talk about the, the attacking rugby that we play, but you can't just play that. You've got to earn the right to play that by good work from your forwards and getting out of yardage. And, and that's what we do, you know, players beating the man and, you know, players hitting that contact and carry on going, making that bit more ground, attracting more defenders. And that's when it allows the space for you to, to run and, and I think there was one where that one where Croft went through there that was because we it was such a dominant carry forward the markers had sort of had a bit of a drift off left a gap and he straight through it Croft and you know that it all goes hand in hand big thanks for your three word match reports man of the matches Stuart Smart great win his man of the match was Mark Sneed Andy Roberts Dull KR Briley Tony Amani <laughs> the more clinical king Janice Hotwood Kendall is useless Dion Cross, Andy Lancashire, Silky, Sonny Salford, Briley Parker, you said really competent performance, Partington. Nicholas Fletcher, win despite finishing, Croft. Stephen Doyle, when we clip, Croft. And Stephen Mozart moving on up, Croft. But yeah, I thought when things didn't look like it went well, we dug in. Paul and a great result and an opportunity to build on that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, some massive games coming up. We, we keep saying that, don't we? But, you know, we threw on the bounce now since the St. Helens game. I think it's seven wins in eight. That, that's, that's top form, that. 
think there's only Lee who've got a better record than us at the moment. I think they won seven on the bounce, haven't they? So, you know, it's been great. The form's been great. We've got some big games coming up, as I said, Cass, and then the OKI game in the quarterfinals. I think it's Wigan then, isn't it, in the league at home. So, that could be a massive crowd, that. Say we beat Cass and go through in a cup as well. Mm. It could be great. So, yeah, but you can't think of past Castleford. That'll be a tough game. They've had a good win, so we've got to be switched on this week. But, no, I really enjoyed the Magic weekend. And, I, and I'm hoping he's here to stay because there's talk about it going and, I think it was a real successful weekend. I think everybody enjoyed it. You always get seem to get decent weather. We get blessed by that. But I hope it stays because it's a good concept. Yeah, I was going to ask about the future of Magic Weekend, but now you mentioned it, Paul, we'll, we'll ask Parky's opinion on it. Now, for me, it's a moneymaker for the RFL. It's an event. Fans like to go down to it. Whether it should stay in Newcastle or whether it should move around the country is, is a debatable thing for me. But we do need these things to grow the sport, I feel. I'm probably in a minority of, of one. I don't like it. No. I went, but I don't like it. It's not It's not so much the event. If we're going to have a, a festival rugby league, great. It's the thought that goes hand in hand with the, the loop fixtures mm. where you end up playing teams so many times. It, it, it makes a mockery of the sport. But I try to explain to people, and they're like, well, why? Other sports don't need it. They don't need a gimmick. They don't need a, a weekend away. They don't, you know, why, why us? Has it developed the game in any of them areas we've been? I don't think it has. You know, they said, oh, we've got 60-odd thousand. How many would we get on an average weekend? Mm-hmm. Many less than that. The tickets were cheap. If you're a season ticket holder, you got a day for 12 and a half quid. Yeah, still not enough there. For me, I don't want to be off. And I know lots of people have lots of fun there. And if that's your thing, getting dressed up and going out on a lap, fine, brilliant. You know, they say mingling with fans. I mean, some of the abuse I heard... From other fans, I don't want to be with them. I don't want to get near them. You know, okay, our fans calling us all sorts of stuff on the way out the ground. You know, you're like, it's supposed to be a friendly atmosphere, this. So you get both sides. And I do understand, you know, I, there have been a few that I have kind of enjoyed. The Manchester, the Etihad one, was I thought was brilliant, to be honest. But that's probably because it was, you know, on the doorstep. I, I don't want to do it down. I understand what everyone's saying. And it does give us a bit of a bit of coverage, I suppose, and, and everything else. But... It's the fact, I mean, this weekend, you know, Lee got Wakefield. Now, at the start of the season, it was obviously put like that because the RFL or Super League thought, oh, them two will be at the bottom. Proved massively wrong with Lee being so good. But Lee got an easy two points. Now, if at the end of the season, their two points keep them in the top six, but the two points all KR dropped against us in in another game that didn't need to be played, that doesn't seem fair somehow to me. So I've I've got gripes. I've got gripes about the whole playing t- certain teams three times and others not, but it just seems a little bit unbalanced. But the day itself, I will say, it, it was, you know, was was good. It seemed all right. It seemed like plenty of people had plenty of fun, but for, for doing it in a day, it was a long way to go there and back on a coach without a toilet, believe me, that, that broke down on the way. But that's a different matter. But yeah, it, look, it's, I think he'll stay. I think the demand's there from, from the clubs and, and certainly from the fans. But, I suppose it, it should move. I like Newcastle, but I think if we're going to do it and we're trying to spread the game, then we might have to just move it about a bit more. Yeah. Alternately, Paul, 
I would prefer like a sevens or a nines tournament where all the teams are involved, bring the championship teams in as well, maybe over a couple of days. The problem with that, you'd have to have the teams investing in it because it may be an opportunity for them to rest players. And we want the big players to be involved in this big tournament to bring the sponsors in. So for me, you'd have to have IMG bring a big million pound person to focus everyone's mind. But that'd be something, if we were going to get rid of magic, something to replace it. Well, do you know what? I'm a bit of a bore sometimes. I mean, I'm a traditionalist. And if it was me, yeah, I do like going to different grounds. And that is a trek going up there. I mean, I drove there and all the way back. I was knackered on Saturday night. But what I'd rather see, but this won't happen. People say I'm an old footy ruddy. I'd rather get rid of the loop fixtures, get rid of the Magic Weekend, and bring the County Cups back. Bring the Lancashire Cup and the Yorkshire Cup back because there's not enough to win. There's not enough trophies. You've got the Super League and the Challenge Cup. There's nothing else. So you get knocked out of the Cup first round and you're like Wakefield and you're at the bottom. At least there's something else to play for. And I mean, years ago when I first started coming, you had the Lancashire Cup, you had the, the John Player or the Regal Trophy, whatever you want to call it. There was stuff to win. There was finals and games on the telly. And you remember going to like Valley Parade watching us play Leeds and the, uh, that was a Regal Trophy, wasn't it? And there doesn't seem those sort of days out anymore so I get why supporters like the Magic Weekend because teams like Wakefield and us and OKR these sides that don't always get to the big finals you get to go and play at a big stadium big shiny football stadium you get a day out and if you're Wigan and St. Helens you get to do that more or less every year because you get to go to the grand final every year so so I, I do get the sort of hunger to go and have a bit of a, of a carnival if you like I, I get why people enjoy it but I'd rather see more more of the old trophies come back. I think as as a sport rugby league, we we chop and change too much and and, and get rid of things and, and change things around. It's like this IMG thing. We had all this years ago with that licensing and things like that. So we do sort of bring things back. And I'm probably being negative here, but this IMG, how much have we paid this IMG to do this? How much money does it cost for them to tell us what we already know anyway? So it just seems a bit daft. But no, I'd like to see cup, some cup competition or another come 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 round really, just so there's something more to play for. Yeah, it just wasn't all about Paul Rowley's men in the two points. Parker learned disabilities rugby team. And physical disabilities rugby team played as well at the Magic Weekend. You know, play very well, show pride in the shirt, and he's great in the community, obviously, being able to play rugby in front of such a big crowd. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it at half time. I moved down my seat and got a closer look, best I could, halfway down the stand. It's still like seven miles away from the pitch. But <laughs> with my eyes, that wasn't great. But it was, no, it was really good. And, and I'll tell you, it was some good play, really good play. Mm. It, was, it was good to watch. Me and another fellow Salford fan, who's well known with, with everybody, we were kind of really impressed by what we'd seen. And it, like you say, it's just a great day for them to, to get out there and, 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 you know, show their skills and, and get, rightly so, get some of the limelight, you know. And it, it was good because when, well, they, when they finished playing, it, all the Salford fans started singing, you know, got behind them and they came over and clapped us. And it, it's just it's just great to see it. And, to make sure that they know that they're, they're part of us, that you know, this is we are just one club and they're a big part of what we're doing. Yeah, so that's the look back at Magic Weekend, and now we'll big news coming out of the club this week. Yeah, so all the big news coming out of the club. This week, we'll start with the biggest news and the Reds Rise Again campaign has finished. A total of £364,000 raised, Parker. A fantastic achievement, a fantastic effort for 
the fans who have decided to invest. It's absolutely incredible. Mm. In this in this current economic climate, the people of, of Salford, a, a club with minimal support, we get slated every for, for it. You know, we've got no fans, you've got no fans. Somehow have come up with a, a, an amount of money which is just it's phenomenal it, it, i can't you can't point to words how, how brilliant this is i said last week and i admitted that previously i thought we wouldn't make it to two hundred fifty thousand. i did i thought that was a bit pie in the sky for us i went to that meeting the other week and that night that tuesday night and we were at the start of the meeting he said we're at one hundred eighty-five thousand. i thought well that's not bad there's only it's only about a week to go, but you know they've done well. It's it's okay. We get to two hundred thousand. We've done excellent. You know, let's not think that's you know a trifle amount. And I, I listened that night, and I said to you, and I said to, to to everyone listening, you know, if that didn't get you going, listening to those people give those speeches, nothing ever would. I think it worked. I think it's safe to say it worked. Yeah, from one hundred eighty-five to to what three hundred and three hundred twenty odd thousand, whatever. I mean, that is. It's just incredible, really is, and that that now sets sets the club up in a position where things can start to to change off the park. You know, we can do things. We we have a bit more freedom in 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 what we do, and, and hopefully, we can employ a couple of people to come in and do the you know the professional work that needs to be done in, in marketing, in you know, in, in bringing in sponsorship, which then aids us you know further down the line puts more cash into the club this is this is the boost we needed we, we're not lucky enough to have somebody who's just going to come in and give us you know that money or you know whatever i mean the option's still there for them if they want to but what the fans have done is it's it's just it's mind-blowing it really is and every single fan who's who's listening now and if you know anyone who, who contributed please just give yourself a massive pat on the back because You've, you, for me personally, as a as a fan, Salford Rugby has been my life, and I, the thought of, of not having it around is is crushing. And and this this generosity that everybody's shown, I know it's your club as well. It's not my club, you know what I mean. I, I say it like that. I, I'm just putting across from my point of view that what's been achieved here as a, a support base is truly phenomenal, and will be remembered for many many years to come. And hopefully, now we can all enjoy and be part of this success together and i think it's it certainly bonded us as as a supporter group again and you know i just i just hope now that paul king and, and the guys behind the scenes have got what they need to to push this club on yeah you're making me out flutter here parker and all that that was deep talk about the guys behind the scene andy rosloff was talking about the leveling up fund which the club are trying to tap into and the 20 percent we put in and the government put 80 percent in we put 200k and we get a million now we're near a 400k we're going to be getting if it all runs smooth one would be 1.9 million which is a lot of, of of money would would definitely secure our medium term future i feel and uh, yeah a fantastic effort from everybody the money like you said paul would allow us to invest in the club and talk about putting meat on the bones it's like Paul often talks about going to te teams like Huddersfield and, and their backroom staff. There's hundreds of them doing all kinds of jobs, but ours, you know, work so hard, but there's only like a handful, really, when, when you think about it. So that would give the opportunity to invest and bring people in to, to boost the, the backroom staff. 
and produce more content as well. Yeah, you need dedicated professionals in, in certain roles. As much as the people who are at the club now do a phenomenal job, it, if that's not your job, if that's not what you've been trained to do, if that's not your you know your profession, it's never going to be right. People will find flaws. People professionals who who you try and negotiate with will know they, they'll know by what you say and what you do. You can bluff it for so long, but this is this is now a massive step for us, and it's it's just going to. Hopefully now this this is the, the future. This has secured the future. You, you know, you mentioned that, that the money that might be available to be unlocked, even if it's not that much. You know, even if it's an extra half a million on top. You know, I, I, I'm just you know looking on you know, one side of it. If it is an extra two million on top, whatever it is, money we haven't got, money we didn't have. Without people's generosity, we wouldn't have at all. And who knows that in you know two months time we might not be able to make the, the wage bill. That, that now appears to be behind us. That seems to be something that even in the short term can, can give us a fighting chance and, and put us on an even keel. And, and hopefully, you know, maybe we, I'm not saying we're up there with the, the Wiggins, Leeds, Saints, Warrington's whole financially. But the other teams in that league, yes. Yeah, possibly we are. Or, or we can be. We're in a privileged position where we're based geographically in, in, in Salford and Manchester. Such a massive conurbation of you know business and and you know a powerful. I think, I think Manchester is probably the second city realistically of of the country these days after London. You know, there's a lot of money that flushing about in certain pockets that we could we can hopefully now with the right people tap into, but also tap into the population of Salford and Greater Manchester to get them into the stadium to bring more money in. Again, it just all helps, and that's. That's what we've lacked for years. We never had it at the Willows. You know, the, we were lucky that, that where we were, that the Willows was a massive selling point for us in, in, in its location and, and what it meant to people. It's been hard since we moved. You know, a lot of a lot of people have been put off by the stadium and the, the move, the amount of times I've heard it's not even in Salford, which makes me want to bang my head against the wall. But, you know, it's been difficult. And this is it now. This is where we get the chance to, to put all that right. And it won't happen overnight. This is this is going to take a long time to turn around because it's been forty years of of nothingness, really. Maybe nearly fifty years when you look at it. So uh, there's a lot of work to do, but I, I've got nothing but faith in the people that are there now and, and the people that they will employ to to do that job. And with another thirteen hundred, as Paul Paul King said, salespeople now on board. They're all owners. You know, it's, it's the job of everybody to to bring people in and and to do it because it's your investment, it's your money. You know, you don't just throw it against the walls. It's, it's brilliant, and and hopefully, like I say, now we're we're at the start of something. The team, we've got a team. We know what we can do on the pitch. We know we're entertaining, and everything seems to be going well there. We need to we need to make sure that everything's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. The 1,300 owners packet, that's the number that excites me the most. The £364,000 will be spent, will be invested, but it's the, the people who have had the the kahulas, we'll say, to put the money in and also want to invest their time into the club because without investing time, this won't work. And everybody who decided to put that £100 in, like Paul King said, and uh, Andy Rosler, it's about investing into it emotionally, physically, and just sort of living and breathing 
this club and taking it to the next level. And that's what I look. That's what I look forward to. I think there's enough people there now who will willing to 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 go that extra mile and make the magic happen. Yeah, it won't, it won't be for for everybody. You know, some people will have just invested because it's you know their love or family connections or, or whatever. Who who maybe not have will have the time or won't have, but but most most will. And it's it's a huge it's a huge sort of marketing team. You know, it's it's, it's probably one of the biggest in in, in any organisation because those people who have have invested are obviously passionate about the club. You know, and that's that's where the the selling point comes. And uh, you know, you can get out there, you can talk to the next guy in, in the pub, the person at work, your family member, whatever, and just just say, you know, oh, by the way, do you know I'm an owner of a, a rugby club? What? Yeah, you know, I I, I part own a, a professional rugby club. You, oh, tell me about it. Yeah, you know, and that's it. And even if that person doesn't engage fully, they know they know South Rugby League Club. Then they know you've got a connection. They know they've got a connection. And and that's what it's all about. No, we, we we've got to get out there. We've got to drag people in by the hair if we have to, mm. and make them notice. But I think I think the city's noticed. I think the city of Salford's done pretty well. And obviously those like yourself and. And Paul, who don't live in the city, you know, there's plenty of them who've put the money in. You know, you can do your bit in your little areas, and yeah, I, I, it's just, it's just amazing, really, what can be achieved when people come together. Yeah, I remember when I started this podcast seven years ago, Parker, and on Facebook, because obviously I wanted to build this podcast so everybody knew what we were and that what we were all about. When I first started the Facebook page, I invited all my Salford friends, which was about forty people and I shared the podcast on the podcast page and then I shared it on my Facebook page and then I tagged all 40 Sofa fans on that picture so then the, the people like yourself and their families and friends on their Facebook page saw it I did that for like four or four weeks right and I ended up with about 8,000 people engaging with me which is which is I know I beat the algorithm and it was a bit cheeky for six weeks to do that but it is what it is you have to put the product in front of people so they know it's there and you know I'm hoping opportunity for our owners to do that to engage like you said with families and friends and businesses and put the club in front of them and say look this is the product invest in it yeah a lot of the time these days people don't don't look for things you know they want things to fall on the lap and whatever else and what what our job is now is to to make people realize that they desperately need something they didn't even know existed Mm. they need this in their lives they want to be part of something i saw this at at keithley back in the 90s and and then again at at bradford under bull you know that bull mania thing going from four four and a half five thousand fans to to 20,000 fans against Leeds, you know, I mean, that happened because they were told that if you're not there, you're the one missing out. You're the odd one. Mm. Why are you not coming? You know, and people who didn't even like rugby league were all of a sudden massive rugby league fans and uh, and, it, and it worked, you know, sadly for Bradford, not, well, not sadly for him, it's an own fault, but, you know, not 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 fully, but it happens all over and I think a lot a lot of sports, I think Sale have done it really well, to be fair, but for, for a club, a small sort of provincial rugby union club in an area that's not rugby union, is it? I mean, the northwest of England isn't really a rugby union hotbed. To, to pull in good crowds when they were at Hayward Road and then at, at Edgeley Park and even now, you know, at, at Salford Stadium, they've done it. They've made people think that they need to be part of this. 
whether they do or they don't, just by being in your face, by being out there. We've we've never had the opportunity. We haven't had the money or, or the staff to do that. And now we have. We've got a bit of everything. But the main the main thing, the main promoter of of South Rugby League Club is us. Mm. Is the fans? Is the is the people who go and watch them? We're we're the ones that will get people to come. And we've now got to get in people's faces again. And and now we are all together. We all do appear to be as one. This is this is the chance now to make it happen. Yeah, it's about for me, Parker. It's a, that personal touch. It's not just send it out on Facebook or send it on yeah. Twitter as a share because people can just ignore that. Like I can say when I started this podcast, what I did on Twitter. People followed me, so I followed them, put them on a list, and I had list of people who listened, people who liked the podcast, and people who retweeted the podcast. And I would send each of them a message to say, "This is this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow the link." I did that for six weeks. For the first two hundred and fifty people that followed me, and then for six weeks, I'd click on the link and see if they they listened, or they retweeted, or they like it. And I just knew who who listening who was retweeting. So it gave opportunity to, to sort of center that, that mm. sort of drive for publicity. Cause I knew who was willing to retweet the podcast or listen to the podcast. And I feel with this group of individuals, these owners, you have that group of 1,300 people who are willing to do that extra bit, which is exciting. Yeah, very much. So. The one, I mean, obviously now with the, the power of social media, you know that's there's a, there's an easy option there, but the, like you say, the the club and us have got to not bypass social media, but use social media as you can, but actually engage with people, with humans. Yeah, get out there, get in their faces. It's easy to ignore things on on Facebook and and Twitter or wherever else. You know, you can see it and go, oh yeah, yeah, all right, okay, whatever. But but to, to get out there and draw people in. Sell it. Tell them how good it is. Tell them what they're missing. You know, next time you go to the pub, or you know, you are at work, just just chat someone, sock talk about it, and then get them involved, and they'll see your again, they'll see your social media. They'll know you're a fan anyway. And then it's it's about what we can do from there as a club now, and about whether this gives us a ch- an option of more offers to to people to to those who don't go to people for the first time. And I know we, you know, and then capturing their information, capturing who they are, and like you've just said there, working out who's doing what, mm. who's who. If if I send an email out or a, or a promotion, who's used it, who brought who, how many of them, how can I now engage that person to do it again? If I if it was, you know, I don't know, I'll give someone a ticket for a tenner, would they come back if it was full price, or mm. you know, if, if next time I say it was fifteen quid. Oh, what, you know, how do we do this now? We, we've got our process, but we can get professionals in mm. to do that job for us. Yeah, and it gave the podcast an opportunity then to, to build. And then, like I said before, it was about engagement. And like now, with everything that's gone on regarding the quality of the podcast, because obviously at that point we had to, had to go learn how to do it properly and create a better podcast and better sound because obviously at the beginning sound was very wonky but I managed to get that fixed after a while and now we're clocking at 5,000 people a month now which is fantastic so it's it's a fantastic thing it's about building relationships about engaging with people like you said Parky it's not about sharing on social media it's about private messaging somebody and saying alright mate you okay like a farmer red 
who used to go but don't go anymore or somebody who's into sport and say come on come on come down to the game we'll have a day you know bring your family we'll have a day out about it and make an occasion for everybody and then hopefully they'll get bitten by the bug and then we can all go forward together but it's so exciting like you yeah. said 1300 owners there they're the, they're the important that's the important number for me yeah without a doubt and i think paul king emphasized that as well that you know we we are the we are the club now you know we own it mm. but we are we are the club it's our job if you don't if you don't do your job it, it can still wither and die anyway if we don't do something about it so this is just a you know a jumping off point if you like but the world's out there for us now let's see how far we can go and if you know if if in two years time we're only we're still only getting you know five thousand fans or whatever as long as we're still here mm. and surviving we, we we're doing okay but who knows the aim is now we want seven and eight thousand coming in and we, we we're the ones that have got to do that we've got to make it happen yeah for me it's about pivoting so you face out not in yeah. And that's the that's the important thing for me. We talk about these extra two thousand fans. If each of the owners brought three people, that's three thousand six hundred people. So when you look at your selection of friends and family, is there three people you can tap to put that seed in the red and and to, and to get them to come to the game and enjoy that moment it's just like I say three it's difficult obviously we've all been there before haven't we trying to convince people now like you said Parker we own it now it's not us and them it's it's all we're all one and that's the important thing for me it's like you say so exciting I'm just hoping that like you say people who have invested in the owners roll the sleeves up and get going yeah one of the big things we've got at the moment is, is for me is Paul Roller hmm and his his team and the way that they play rugby league. Because if you if you've watched that game on on Saturday with a, with a friend who had never seen the game before, or was a passing fan, there's no way they could fail to be impressed by what they watched mm. and how much fun it was. If we get back to anything like we were, you know, six months ago at the back end of last season, and that I mean, you saw the crowd swell, you saw what happened. That's there. That's still there. So then five thousand or four and a half thousand, whatever, it went to Saints on that game, they all bring another one. Mm. Think, you know, that's how easy, we've got the product and now we've got a chance and and we've just, we've just got all work together and I know this, the club are going to set up separate committees to do certain things. People, people out there who are just tomorrow going to work as whatever they do, have a certain set of skills that the next person may not have. And you can offer that to the club. You can get involved. It's your club. You get involved. You offer what you can do. You might be great at speaking to people. You might be great at selling things. You you might be great at coming up with ideas. Whatever it is, you may you know you, you may do marketing at work. Get involved. Hmm. Get involved. You're there now. It's your club. Get involved. And if they do say no, then you can say, well, why? And then you know. There might be something that club doesn't realise, or something they might be able to change to entice people who think I'm not going because of A, B, and C, and they might be able to change A, B, and C, then attracts them back in, doesn't it? So it is exciting. Yeah, we'll see how it how it plays out. So that's the big news: celebrating the old Red Rise again. Fund other news: club have said that Tyler Pre is not for sale. 
Parker, mm. Paul Rowley talked to mm. Paul Whiteside about wanting to build a team and not dismantle it, which is true because obviously he's put a, a lot of work in getting this group of players together on limited budget, so he doesn't want the key parts of that being taken away. Yeah, I saw that over the weekend and, and read it again today. And my first initial point was, when was he ever for sale? Yeah. <laughs> we, we've never put him up for sale. We didn't say we wanted to get rid of him. He's not for sale. Of course he's not. He never was. Mm. Now, if you come in with a massive bid, that's different. But he's not for sale because he's ours. We, we want him. He's been, I mean, his last couple of performances, again, on, on, on Saturday, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He's a, a hot day and a lot of work to do. And he was brilliant again. No, I think I, I Borrell is absolutely spot on. We, we, you don't bring players in just to sell them. Like, yeah. Them days have gone for us. We don't want that anymore. We we want we need to keep our best players. Tyler Dupree at 23 years old is one of the, the, the most exciting sort of prop talents I've seen in a long time out there. And if, you, if, if someone comes in with a ridiculous bid, you've you still got to be stupid to turn it down because people don't offer money anymore. You know, if... If someone comes in and says, here's, you know, 250 grand, I mean, right, okay, thanks. We'll take that. We'll invest in two or three more players to build our team. That player can go, you know. And if that player wants to leave, go. If you don't want to play for us, you don't play for us. Whatever the story is, as it stands at the moment, from what I've seen, Tyler Dupree's playing rugby league with a big smile on his face, doing his absolute mustard for us mm. Paul Rowley loves him the, the team seems to have no issue with him and nobody's put a firm offer that I've seen on the table of an amount of money that would make you think yeah okay we'll let you go so no Tyler Dupree's not for sale yeah and the facts are like I said Tyler Dupree's under contract he's playing well he's got a smile on his face Paul Rowley's got a smile on his face we've got a smile on our faces so it's all good obviously like you said Massive bid comes in, even if it did come in though. It's for me, do we really want to disrupt this momentum? Or do we wait until the season's ended and we have a, another chat about it then? Because even say someone does come in with some silly money, we've still only got a limited amount of pool of players to replace him with. And are them, you know, pool of players going to be good enough mid season? I, I think, I think it would be crazy to sell him now. Mm. At this time of the season, if you, if you said to a club, "Look, you come in with a bid, throw your money on the table," okay, right, end of the season, he's yours. Mm. That gives us time to look recruit. I mean, we're not all good. Ian Bleeds has been with recruitment. Let's, you know, I would have no fear that we would find the right man, whoever it is, or right men for that. You know, we could have a look at Australia because we've still got quarter spots available. There might be a, a, a top player coming out of contract there. There might be a lad in the in the championship where we think, well, if we can get a pre-season into it. He's going to be the next thing. No point. I mean, we did it last year with, with Alec Gerrard and Tyler. We brought them in halfway through the season, but it's not easy to do. Mm. You know, you've got to get that fitness up. You've got to get to know your teammates. And, and the position we're in at the moment, we don't want to jeopardise that. So, no, I, 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 want to see, I want to see Tyler here for at least another three years. Mm. But if he's going to go and, and the money's right, then the end of the season for me is the only time he can go. But until someone comes in with a serious offer, I don't think we should even entertain the idea and we just carry on as as we are. Yeah, and how good has Paul Rowley been as well in this situation, you know, with the pressure of, of what was going on, cool as a cucumber, not getting drawn into to any sort of silly questions, just 
playing it straight, calming everything down. Let's focus on the on the game and, and, and what's what's going on. When could have easily lost his head, could have easily started shouting at people, but likes to play it cool and that's helped in the situation. Well, I, I can imagine, because Paul Rowley as a player was a bit of a firecracker. I can imagine behind the scenes, Paul Rowley has stormed into Ian Bleasy's office and Paul King's office and told them exactly what he thinks. If, if they've any thoughts of selling Tyler Dupree, he would not be a happy chap. And I don't think I'd like, like to face him. I don't, you know, he, he might not be the biggest man in the world, but he's, he's a, he can be furious. And I think he he would have he'd fight his t- players' corner and his team's corner and say, "You want me to do something here? I want this guy with me." And like you say, that I can imagine certain other managers who right now would be spitting the toys out of the pram. Yeah. You know, they, they would be they would be whinging about a slopey pitch or something about about <sighs> the fact that their players are being picked or their this is happening to them. Paul Rowley's just dismissed the whole idea. Puts it straight to bed when someone asks him what's happening to Tyler Dupree. He's our player. Plays for me. He's under contract. That's what. That's the story. Print that. I'm not interested in what what anyone else says or any rumor or anything like that. He's not distracted and he knows because he's got a team to look after. It's not about one man. Nobody's more important than that team. And Paul Rowley for me is the most important man in that squad mm. in any way, in any shape or form. So. Yeah, I can imagine Paul behind the scenes would have had a quiet word with Ian Blaze and, and Paul King and said, yes, I'm sure if someone comes in throwing you know pound notes at you, you, you may be tempted, but I'm just going to tell you, don't be. Let's leave it there. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're very lucky to have roles. And, and Blaze and Paul King as well, obviously, for, for what the, you know, they, they do and how they work as a team. Yeah, so, so far, so good. Everyone's smiling. Let's keep the smiles, lads. That's what that's what it's all about. Next bit of news. Wheelchair rugby training on Sunday. Eccles College. Don't forget, every second Sunday, Parker. They've got a nice little squad there. I think it's 10, I think. So they'll be ready for the next... Well, for the first... Well, for the next game, I think they played one game, didn't they, Preston? So I'm sure they'll be waiting for the next opportunity to come along. Yeah, I was outside the ground last week for the whole game. Talking to me, my brother, and, and yourself, you came past and... Yeah. Mr. Whiteside as well, and we all, you know, we had a bit of a chat. And the Heather Robinson tried to tried to coach me into into a chair to have a go. <laughs> Not happening. Not happening. There was people outside doing it, and no, no, thank you. No, it's brilliant. It's just great to watch, isn't it? And at some point, I will, I will do it. I will have a go. I, I can't make any promises that would be any use, but I think I'll be too busy trying to watch my fingers and look after myself, self preservation. But it is, it is fascinating. It's dead fast. It's, it's Great fun. I'm sure Sure, you in training's fun, but I'm going to have to sort of edge my way up to that. I'll, I'll probably start with a bit of walking rugby first before mm. I get back into all that. But yeah, no, it'd be good to, to go down and have a look and hopefully more people can join in, get a big squad together. Yeah, like I said before, Parker, that squeaking isn't the gate swinging in the wind. It's Heather <laughs> rolling that wheelchair up front, your front path, ready to ready to put you in it. Other bits of news, the, the club's line development programme started this week under 50 kids in the area uh, training techniques you know fantastic obviously the foundation do a great job they've put adverts all over social media trying to get people to join the all our local amateur clubs and it's fantastic that the club have sort of done this and uh, investing in the community yeah i believe my nephew's gone down tonight oh, yeah. he's, gone, 
brother, my brother's messaged me. He was going down. Or was it last night? Tonight? Last night? I don't know. Not dated. Because he, he combined it with picking up tickets for Friday night, which was useful. Yeah, no, brilliant. We need to get... this Again, this, this is all part of the thing, but we need to get the kids... Kids are the future. It's very easy to be a football fan, especially right now, the big weekend we've just had. And, you know, for me, rugby struggles with kids because it's a little bit a little bit more technical than football at that age. You know, I mean, you buy a kid a football straight away, they can kick it. It's not as easy to run and pass and, play, you know, play rugby. So to get them involved, to get them engaging, you know, as early as possible... And this is now, you know, I know these are a little bit older, these guys, you know, but some of them may not have played rugby before. They may have always played football, but there are millions of footballers out there and millions who don't get anywhere. Hmm. For me, you've got a massive better chance of becoming a rugby league player than you have any footballer at any point. So I think it's a way to, to push your kids if you can. And one thing I've always said, and it, it takes me back to when I played, and I think you'll ask anyone who's played the game at any level, Certainly through amateur rugby, it, it creates a bond that you, you never, ever break. You never forget your teammates at that level. It, it's brilliant for for creating friendships for, for the future. You meet some of the most amazing people you ever will. Some absolute crackpots, let's not you know, play <laughs> games. You know, so, some of the people I've, I've met through rugby league have, have been psychotic, I think. But no, it, it is. It creates a bond whether you make it or not. That, that's kind of irrelevant. It's about sticking together as a team. You create a bond and then you go off, you have a drink or whatever age you're at, you go on, you know, you've got a mate for life and it, you'll, you'll create sort of memories you'll never forget. Yeah, I remember 20 years ago playing for Language Reds third team. I was terrible. I'm not going to not gonna point any punches. I was awful. And I remember Neil Blackburn he was I think he was playing for the first no for Langway first team at the time and I think he was watching and he texted me the and sort of in the evening and said you know well done today you tried your hardest that's all that matters and I always remember that I think we were be like 66 6 or something like that and I was all at sea mostly but I always remember that that he went out of his way to say you know what you did you did well there and it's things like that like you said that, that you remember don't you in, yeah. in your playing days yeah I, you know I could probably bump into someone I played with <sighs> 30 years ago as a kid, you know, and, and, and you still remember, you can still have a joke about a game or something that happened in a game or or whatever, a place we went and played that was a hellhole or something like that. It's, it's there. And I see it now with, with you know, lads. Uh, when you go to an away game, and they all stick together and they're all, you know, they're all good mates, they're all good drinking buddies. And some of them obviously still play together. It's uh, Yeah, it does. And I think I think what the what the club are doing here, getting these lads together, is showing them what's what's out there. You know, one day you could be getting this sort of training every day. This could be your home. You know, and we're just getting kids involved and getting them engaged. And that's that's all we can do. And as a community, we've got to do everything we can to 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 help the you know the, the kids out and help the parents out during the holidays as well. But get them fit. Keep them, you know, keep them off a of PlayStation for half an hour at least. That that's that's a start. Give them an interest, and if they don't want to play, they might want to watch. Mm. And there you go. You know, that's half the battle, just getting them there. So yeah, no. I, as ever, we're always full of praise, and I, 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 the guys in our foundation and everything are just uh, second to none as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, talk about the foundation. 
Parker. If you shop on Amazon, if you follow the link that's on the Software Devils Foundation Twitter page, the foundation get some money off Amazon if you buy something on Amazon. So when you're scrolling through Facebook and it's Amazon product 640 and it's some random plug or some random thing that I think, well, that might make my life better. Go through the link, foundation gets some funds, and it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah, an affiliate membership. We used to, I think we used to have that on what was it, RL Fans back in the day. I think yep. we did something similar there. It's great isn't it? if someone's going to make money while you're spending it anyway, rather than just giving it, you know, away. It's like, why wouldn't you help out with who you can? You're going to buy the item anyway. It's no, it's no loss to you in any way. Yeah, so just try and guide you, your friends and your family through it as well, and get get some money in for the foundation because, as I've just said, they do an amazing job on very little. So yeah, you know, all the help they can get. Yeah. Final bit of news, Armed Forces Appreciation Day, Wigan at home. Club have announced that the people who are going to sort of be doing the entertainment that day, Alex Spencer, Chaddy and the Backhanders and DJ Dave Moore and the Red Devils parachute team will be, inv- will be there. Inflatables, we talked about the owners and their responsibility in, in this, making the, the Reds Rise Together campaign a success opportunity. To, to practice on your friends and family and get to the game. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Armed Forces Day, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a big fan of our Armed Forces and everything they do for, for us and, and others around the world. And, on, you know, today as well being D-Day, or would have been, you know, mm. back in, back, you know, a couple of years back before we were, who have, you know, who, who, some, you know, I've put the, the, the lives on the line for, for others. It'd be a great day that hopefully the sun will be shining. We'll still be winning. We're going to I'll be up there. There'll be a big crowd. Hopefully, you know, we can do something for the armed forces. And I know that's something that Paul King's quite keen on. They're not just engaged, obviously, with the armed forces, but other parts of our community that maybe are, are neglected or not seen at rugby league, not part of, don't feel part of it, don't feel like it's something for them. That's not how we want it. It's, rugby league is, as we've proven with, you know, the ladies' team, the, the, physical and learning disabilities, the wheelchair, it's for everybody. Rugby league is for everyone, it's a part for all. And I think, we, you know, Paul, Paul King is keenly engaging with all parts of the community. And again, that's something we can do. We can promote that. We can tell people, you are part of this. You're, you know, you're part of Salford. This is your club. We want everybody there. We're all inclusive. And uh, yeah, and the armed forces is obviously one of them that sometimes get forgotten about. So uh, yeah, great work. Yeah, opportunity club, opportunity for everybody, and that's what Sopra Devils is all about. So that's all the news, and we'll see what now is happening in the world rugby league with white size world of rugby league. Right, well, here is this week's Dogma Detail, Amateur Report and the World of Rugby League. We shall start off with the Amateur Rugby League, as we always do. We'll start off with the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield continued their good run. Well, their great run, actually, in the uh, in the Conference Premier Division. Hunslet Amateurs are top of the table with 18 points. Mayfield the second on 18 points. Only just behind on points difference by about 15 points. But they've got a game in hand as well. But they beat uh, York Acorn 56 points to 12 at the weekend. A, a terrific win. 
over uh, over York Acorn. And they're sort of mid-table Acorn, so it was a good result that for Mayfield. And uh, and yeah, they've got a big game coming up this weekend against Atterweath. We'll talk about that in a second. But in uh, Division 2, Waterhead Warriors continued their good run. They stay top of the table. They've won 9 from 10. They're two points in front of Dewsbury Moor Maroons, and they've got a game in hand as well. They they beat Dewsbury Moor Maroons 24 points to 14, and the top of the table clash at Waterhead on Saturday. Saddlewolf's game against Might and Warriors was postponed. So the fixtures for this week, they're all on Saturday, 10th of June, Rochdale Mayfield, and they're at home to Thatto Heath Crusaders. In Division 2, Dewsbury Celtic face Saddlewolf Rangers, Shawcross Sharks face Waterhead Warriors, and there's one game in Division 3, that's between second top, Oldham St. Anne's, who've got two games in hand on top of the shop, Lee East, so they've got a chance of going top this weekend they're at home to Bentley well, turning our attention to the Northwest Junior Leagues in the under 18s, it was Crossfields 12, Rochdale Mayfield 28. That was in the Lancashire Cup, and that's the only result I've got for you. The rest of them were no results. So, the fixtures for this week, these games might have been played by the time you're hearing the podcast, but on Wednesday, the 7th of June, the under 18s, um, Oh, sorry, there's no game in the under-18. It was Wednesday, the 7th of June, under-15, sorry, Division 3, Crossfields, Vipers play Waterhead. In the under-14s, Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's, Blacks are at home to Waterhead Warriors. In the under-13s, it's Division 1, uh, Division 2 action, sorry, Salford City Roos against Rochdale Mayfield. Wigan St. Cuthbert's are at home to Saddleworth Rangers. Division 3 of the under-13s, Waterhead Warriors play Hindley. The rest of the games are played on Sunday. In the under-18s, Premier Division, Waterhead Warriors at home to Salford City Roosters. And in Division 1, it's Rochdale Mayfield against Latchford Giants Division Premier Division of the under 16s Oral St James against Rochdale Mayfield Division 1 Salford City Roosters face Newton Storm Division 2 Hindley against West Orton Lions Saddleworth Rangers face Dalton and Division 3 of the under 16s it's uh, Langworthy Reds against Bank Key Bulls in the under 15s Division 2 Latchford Giants are home to Folly Lane Oldham St Anne's face Wigan St Jude's Division 3 Ryland Sharks are home to Waterhead Warriors and in the under 14s Division 1 Lee Minor Rangers are home to Saddleworth Rangers Division 2 Charlie Panthers faced Oldham St. Anne's Blacks. Folly Lane at home to Crossfields Vipers. Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield faced Pilkington Rex. Salford City Roosters home to Lee Minor Rangers Golds. In Division 4 of the under-14s, we're still on. It's Bankey Bulls against Accrington Wildcats. And Widness Moorfield Tigers at home to Langworthy Reds. Finally, in the under-13s, Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's at home to Selworth Rangers. Salford City Roosters face Wigan St. Pat's. And West Bank Bears at home to Rochdale Mayfield. Division 3 of the under-13s. Waterhead Warriors face Blackpool Scorpions and West Horton Lions are at home to the Charlie Panthers. Well, moving on to the Northwest Men's League. Uh, the fixtures for this week, Saturday, the 10th of June, these games are all going to be played on. It's Division 1, Ulverston face Caddy's Ed Rhinos, Folly Lane at home to Charlie Panthers, West Horton Lions face Salford City Roosters. Division 2, Newton Storm face Rochdale Mayfield A, Langworthy Reds are at home to Higginshaw in Division 3, along with Waterhead Warriors A and Rochdale Hornets. And in the Alliance Division, Pilkington Rex A face Oldham St. Anne's A. There was one result in women's uh, rugby unit, rugby league, rugby union, what am I on about? Rugby league, the women's president's cup. It was England University 42, UK Armed Forces 8. The students uh, turned in a four-star performance to retain their president's cup and in addition lift the pack. Pankhurst Trophy, which is contested for annually between the universities and the UK Armed Forces. So congratulations to the universities. They won two from two and a 42 points to eight win against the Armed Forces. Well, there was a couple of international games played at the weekend. Uh, these games were played over in uh, in Wales. It was under-18s, Wales 6, England Lions 50. And the under-16s, Wales 32, England Lions 34. So two cracking games there. 
Well, there's one game in the Women's Super League South at the weekend just gone. That was Cardiff Demons 56, Golden Ferns 0. The fixtures for this week, Sunday the 11th of June in Group 1, it's Huddersfield against Warrington Wolves. St. Helens have got Wigan Warriors. Group 2, Barrow face Castleford. Bradford, Bulger at home to Salford Red Devils. Lee Leopards are at home to Featherstone Rovers. In the South, it's Army against Gold Ferns and London Broncos against Bedford Tigers. The Salford game, uh, for anyone listening who wants to attend, that is at quarter past five on, uh, on Sunday tea time. Well, before we have a look at the NRL, I think we have a look at the... Um the, the state of origin first it was state of origin round one the Maroons triumphed against all the odds in the, in the Adelaide Oval 18 points to 26 in that game um, some fantastic tries scored again almost 49,000 people in attendance there were sim binnings for shoulder charges and, and, and God knows what else in the game as well a lot of fire in that game but yeah Queensland uh, coming from behind to win the game by 26 points to 18 they trailed in that game for, uh, for, for large parts of it as well but a fantastic win for the for the Maroons and uh, some star performances there so yeah New South Wales 18 Queensland 26 that's game one over and done with in the women's state of origin that was there round the origin game one as well New South Wales 10 Queensland's 18 so a, a Queen's uh, a clean sweep for Queensland in that so uh, we'll keep you abreast with uh, round two when that happens in a few weeks time moving on to the NRL despite the origin the games were played as well so you always get one or two funny scores in that because uh, you know obviously some of the players are taking place in the, in, in the origin so it was New Zealand Warriors 30 Dolphins 8 bit of a setback for the Dolphins who have been playing really well West Tigers 19 Canberra Raiders 20 I won't tell you about that game but if you get a chance to watch it try, try and watch it back because uh, yeah it was uh, quite a good ending to that game we all thought Canberra Raiders were down and out but they've come back and, and won that game and uh, it's a good ending to the game very very exciting Gold Coast Titans 28 South Sydney Rabbitohs 46 Rollers 12 Brisbane Broncos 20 Sydney Roosters 25 Canterbury Bulldogs 24 North Queensland Cowboys 45 Melbourne Storm 20 that's probably a surprise score for many Penrith 26 St George Illawarra 18 so the fixtures for this week Thursday is Gold Coast Titans against West Tigers on Friday Canberra Raiders host New Zealand Warriors Manly Sea Eagles host the Dolphins. On Saturday, St. George Illawarra face Sydney Roosters. There's a television game at half past eight on Sky. That's Brisbane against Newcastle Knights, followed by another televised game, Sydney Roosters against Penrith at half past ten. On Sunday, five past seven on Sky TV, it's Melbourne against Cronulla Sharks. And the round finishes off on Monday the 12th at 7am when Canterbury face Parramatta. So the league table, Penrith atop with eight wins from 12 on 20 points. Just in front of Brisbane Broncos, who played two games more on 20. It's South Sydney Rabbitohs on 18, Cronulla on 18, Melbourne on 18, Canter- Canberra Raiders on 18, the New Zealand Warriors on 16, the Dolphins on 16, just outside the playoffs. The Sydney Roosters on 16, and Manly Seagulls on 15. So it's really, really tight in the NRL so far this season. Quite unpredictable as well. Right, well, before we finish, we'll have a look at domestic rugby league. Of course, it was the magic weekend at Newcastle, the weekend just gone. Casford Tigers beat Leeds Rhinos 26 points to 24. Catalans 46, Wigan Warriors 22. Huddersfield 6, St. Helens 48. Hull 30, Warrington 18. Hulkingston Rovers 16, Salford Red Devils 26. And Lee Leppard's made it seven wins on the bounce. They beat Wakefield by 30 points to four. In round 13 of the Betfred Championship, Batley Bulldogs 14, York Knights 8, Featherson 64, Barrow 4, Keithley 28, 
Swinton Lions 32, Newcastle Thunder 12, Bradford Bulls 28. Probably the result of the weekend for me was Sheffield Eagles 26, Whitehaven 40. Massive win for Whitehaven. Uh, Toulouse 28, Halifax Panthers 22, and Widnes Vikings 18, London Broncos 26. In round 11 of the Betfred League 1, it was London Broncos 6, North Wales Crusaders 60, Midlands Hurricanes 26, Doncaster 54, Oldham 40, Hunslet 20, and Workington Town 54, Cornwall 2. The fixtures for this week, Friday, the Super League gets back underway. Cast Tigers against Salford at 8 o'clock, Lee Leopards, Lee Leopards against Hull at 8 o'clock, and the televised game is St. Helens against Wigan at 8 o'clock. There's a Betfred Championship game at 7.30, that's Sheffield against York Knights. On Saturday, Catalan Dragons face Hull KR, Warrington face Huddersfield Giants, that's a televised game at 5 o'clock. Betfred Championship on Saturday at 6 o'clock is Featherstone Rovers against Toulouse. London Scholars face Oldham in the Betfred League 1. The rest of the matches are played on Sunday the 11th in the Super League. It's Wakefield against Leeds Rhinos, 3 o'clock. All the Championship games kick off at 3. It's Barrow against Keithley, Bradford against London Broncos, Newcastle Thunder against Batley, Swinton against Halifax and Whitehaven against Widnes. In Betfred League 1, 1 o'clock kick-off, Cornwall against Dewsbury, 3 o'clock, Doncaster against Rochdale Hornets and at half past 2, it's North Wales Crusaders against Workington Town. So the league tails, Catalan Dragons are back on the top of the Super League on points difference over Warrington. Then come Wigan, Lee and Salford just two points behind an 18. St. Helens have got 16. Then just outside the players, Hawkins and Rovers have 16. There's a four-point gap then to Leeds and Hull. In the Betfred Championship, Featherston stay top there. Eight points clear now of Sheffield Eagles and Batley Bulldogs. Toulouse, Bradford and Halifax make up the playoff places. Barrow and Newcastle in the bottom two. In Betfred League 1, Dewsbury 10 from 10 there. Top three points clear of Doncaster and four points clear of Oldham. Doncaster and Oldham have a game in hand though. The bottom side is London Scholars who are 10 defeats from 10 matches. So that's all I've got for you this week. Take care, have a good week. I shall see you hopefully on Friday night. Well done, roll for Salford against Cast Tigers. So that was White Size of Woodward League and now we'll look forward to the games this weekend for our teams. So we'll start with the reserves, Parker. They are away at Castleford on Saturday. Menderhole's Jungle, 3 o'clock kick-off. Obviously looking to bounce back after last week's defeat. Yeah, it's, it, it's tough for them, isn't it? You know, it's always going to be like that until we, you know, we, we have a squad that you can include more senior players in there to, to help these young lads out. And going to Cass, you know, we know how tough it is for the first team. It's going to be it's going to be really difficult for, for our boys to go there, but again, you, you, I think I think the thing is it's just turning up every game fresh and thinking mm. it's a new week, it's a new game. No, forget what happened last time and don't take you know reputations in, into account or anything like that. Just go and do what you do, and as an individual you, at that level as well, you've got to be thinking. Obviously, it's a team game; you want to be part of that. But where's my career? This, I've got to do the best I can to catch somebody's eye because I want my shot in that first team. I want to put pressure on Ken Seo. I want to be playing instead of, you know, Mark Sneed, who, you know, some of them players in the first team might be in the in the 30s now. Somebody's got to take the place. Well, rather than the club having to go out and find so many hundreds of thousands to go and grab somebody, that player might already be there and it's their job in that, that reserve to push the first team. And they're all learning. They're all, you know, they'll all be getting better. Another year, in another year's time, you just don't know. But there's definitely some talent in there. It's just it's difficult because of the makeup of the team and, and the inexperience of some of the lads. 
But uh, no, I mean, you can only just wish him the best and, and just keep learning and, and doing your best, best for the team and yourself. Yep, the ladies are in action against Bradford on Sunday. They are away. It's a 5.15 kick-off. Uh, Bradford are fifth in the league. We are fourth. They've lost one, drew one. They've lost heavy to Barrow, but drew with Lee. Obviously, we suffered defeat last no, with our first league game, we won, didn't we? Beat Castleford, which which is which is positive. Obviously, had a few absentees. Hopefully, Chris Bates will have bodies back for this week. Yeah, hopefully about a week a week's rest at least. I mean, Bradford, you know, getting a result off Lee is, is good because that that Lee team, you know, seemed seemed quite good. But yeah, no, again, same with the ladies. Really, we're all still, you know, they're still learning still. Each week is a different challenge, and, and going away to Bradford, which is, you know, as we all know, is a, a bit of a hotbed, mm. uh, will be will be a tough test. But we, we proved that, like you say, that first game at Cass, how good we are, and we, you know, we've got a full team out. So fingers crossed, we've got bodies back. I know a couple of players that are, like we mentioned last week have come back into the squad or have joined the squad. So yeah, fingers crossed, this can be the, you know, another another start. For, you know, we've got the cup. Cup games sort of out of the way a little bit, and let's start, you know, trying to climb the league table. Or we, we, the, the main thing is this season for our girls is is to keep learning and, and try and just stay off the bottom of that league. You know, that's 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 the first win for us. It's the first win for any team that gets promoted. Staying there, that's the tough part. So uh, yeah, still enthusiastic, still still really, you know, happy with the way the girls are going and uh, if we can keep a full squad out there we'll be okay so Salford so Devils travel to Casper Tigers on Friday night in the Super League Paul big game for both teams yeah it is. they'll be buoyed by the result they got a, a magic week and they beat Leeds didn't they and I think that's the first game they've won under the new coach that Andy Lass so They've been they've been poor this season, haven't they? They've been really poor. Them and Wakefield, they've been like the rubbing rags, haven't they? But they're always tough to beat at home, aren't they? Weldon Road, it's an hard place to go. Um, we've got to be switched on. I think if you're Paul Rowley and you're Salford, you just go there and do the job, don't you? You just go there and, 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 and you know pretend you're playing, I don't know, Brisbane Broncos. Because you can't approach any game and, and take it for granted. Two points is two points. And it's a massive two points for us. We joined second in the league out with two points off the top of Super League so you know you, we could go sort of top on Friday night depending on other scores and that so uh, with other teams playing over the weekend so it's a massive massive game for both teams but you know, I'm hoping we can go there and get the result yeah Parker Castle fans growing frustrated after after you know things going off the field that they're not quite happy about it's not a happy camp there obviously we could take advantage yeah, like Paul said, it's always a tough place and a bit of a graveyard for us, isn't it? But they, they have been poor this year. I think they won three now and two of them have been against Leeds, mm. which is which is odd in itself. They do have a good record against Leeds and the other one was against Wakey, which, you know, no, no disrespect to Wakey, but that's what everybody does at the moment. We've got to go there full of confidence. You know, like we said before, seven out of eight wins. The one we lost was at the World Champions and we had them on the ropes for, for 40 minutes. So, we're a good team. We're a really good team, and if if we we come out of that game at the weekend, you know, unscathed. No, I don't. I don't think Dion's getting a ban or anything. I think he's he's okay. Plus, I mean, his disciplinary record been brilliant anyway. So, so as long as we've got no more injuries, we you know we should go there in fine fettle. And I think I think we've got we shouldn't be fearing anyone anywhere. But the, the, you look at the two teams on paper and the, and the farm. We've got to go there confident. I hate feeling like this because. 
it's usually when you trip up or something, you know, you, you end up with egg on your face, don't you? But I just think at the moment, if, if we play as well as we did, or well, for the last few weeks, then we, we should have a, a, you know, a fairly decent evening over in, in West Yorkshire. Yeah, pressure was building on coach Andy Last, but a win against Leeds last week may diffuse that a little bit, Paul. But they have got some players to look look at. Jane, ex-Sofa players, Evels, Griffin and Turner also need to be watched. I don't know if Evels is injured because I don't think he played at weekend, did he? So I don't think Niall will be playing. But no, Paul McShane, he's always a difficult player to watch. I mean, he's knocking on a bit now, but he's a good organiser. His shot kicking game's good. You know, Jacob Miller, he's no more guy that he's, he's played around at Wakefield and, and Hold. You've got Broadbent as well, the young halfback, who's is an impressive player. So, and you've got some tough guys in the pack as well. You know, look at Liam Watts and, and George Griffin, always plays well. So they've, they've, they know Mugs Castleford. There's no doubt about that. They've got one or two ageing players in that squad but I think if you was a cast supporter or a cast player you'd be or Andy Last you'd be worrying about Salford really because we can score points so are they going to be able to keep us out so I'd be confident we can go there and score points against them can they score points against us so I think we've just got to go there and play our normal game we'll get chances there there's no doubt about that. It's a short pitch as well, Castleford. So, you know, you don't have to do as much running on that one. So, the last couple of times we've been there, we scored 50 points last season and 70 points the season before. Wasn't it? So, we've had some good wins there recently. So, I'm confident with the right it's attitude for me, Rob. You, you've got to go there with the right attitude. If you do that, you, you know, you'll get the result. Like Paul just said, Parky, we've scored big points the last couple of times on that pitch, even though it is quite small and quite tight, right on top of you there at the jungle. Yeah, I think Cass have got a few problems as well. I know Evels is out, things out for the year. I think Jordan Turner might have got injured at the weekend. Liam Watts is copping another ban. I think they said ninth in, in so many months. It's ridiculous, really. He's a, he's a liability to, the, to to Castleford, and they'd be better off probably without him. Uh, he's got talent, but just just stupid. But other than that, you know they have got they have got still got decent players in there if, if they fit, and they do have threats. But I, I think yeah, I think we we'd be you know, fairly, fairly happy with that. And like you say, our recent history there has been has been good. Things like that live in the memory, don't they? Last year, we went in our first game of the season on, the, on that Friday night. 10,000 people packed in there. And it was a, you know, cracking atmosphere. But we were we were magnificent that night and took the, the points. And then in the, the, the last game before the playoffs, it was a big game. There was a lot on that. You know, we could have missed out. And we didn't. We went there and absolutely destroyed. I mean, in a... In a performance that was as good as any I'd seen in a, in a long time. So, th- those those thoughts are in there. You know, the team hasn't changed that much for us. You know, a couple of new faces, but I think probably added to, to what we already had. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confident we can go there. Casser, obviously, it, the, the win last week would have boosted them, but they've got they've got a long way to go. I, I think, like Paul said, there, it's all on us and it's all on attitude. And, and I don't think Paul Rowley will let us go there with the wrong attitude. I don't think he's that kind of man. You know, we say it every week, he never gets too up, he never gets too down. But it's all business. You know, he'll going through the video this week, getting the players prepared. And, you know, just take away, forget everything that's gone. You know, this is the week we, we target now. Let's, let's you know, go out there and put a score up. Yeah. AMG last week, Paul talked about the state of Casford's ground, talk about the business. I do think they're buffet to put on for the press before the game is well worth going down for, don't you think, Paul? <laughs> Yeah, they had like prawns on one year, didn't they? Yeah. And all sorts of stuff on there, calamari, and you name it. Mm. Do you know what? 
I, I, I put something in the preview about this when I was writing it up. I saw some some negative stories about Wakefield and Castleford, and I think in this day and age now, people tend to moan about everything, don't they? And for me, I enjoy going to grounds. I used to enjoy going to Keithley and grounds like that. No, where, no matter where it is, I, I just love the rugby on the pitch. But people these days, they want everything. They want a chauffeur-driven car, prawn sandwiches before the game and all that. But, you know, don't have a go at Castleford. I think they, they've been Super League for a while. They've been up and down. They're a good club, you know, a traditional club. They work hard. They produce a lot of players as well. And, you know, good luck to him. But I think since Daryl Powell went, they've really sort of hit a bit of a buffer, really, haven't they? And, and struggled. They've not produced the, the form, you know, in the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, they're going to find it tough. But I hope it doesn't come down to that. I hope at the end of the day they get relegated because they're bobbins and they finish below Wakefield. But we'll have to see what happens towards the end of the season. But I think for me, we've just got to go there and do the job at the weekend. No mercy. And get the job done. Yeah. Let's talk predictions, Parker. Last week... You and Paul were in touching distance of Anandos. Paul went 28-16. You went 24-16. How do you feel? Hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> devastating, really. I, 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 yeah, I was. I thought, I thought we were on. I thought we might. One of us had got it. Yeah, we were close. We're getting close. We, you know, we, anyone would think we might watch the game. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it was. It was. I just want. Can I just say on that on the cast thing, by the way, about oh, about the ground and so on? There, there's two trains of thought here. I'm with Paul. You know, I, I'm a, I'm an old fashioned guy. That, you know, I, I I go for the rugby. It doesn't matter about the glitz and glamour. But there are certain things that criteria that will need to be made in in, in for modern sport. It's I, you know, it's not our problem in, in that way, but. You go there at night, and it, you know, the, the the lighting around the ground's not good enough. You know, that's that's an issue for me with my eyes. It's it, the fact of getting in and out safely is a bit of an issue. But mm. it, they have had chances. You know, we we were made to leave our, our home ground, our you know our our base, our, our everything really to 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 stay in this league, and it's not been the same for everybody, and that's that's disappointing. But the, the flip side that was, you know, a point that was made this week to me by, by one of my brothers was Wakefield go, get relegated, or if Cass go off, they both went, or whatever. Who replaces them? Who's Who's got the stadium and, and the facilities and everything else to compete at a Super League level at the moment? That's the problem we're creating here. It's, I agree, it should all be done on whether you finish bottom or not, and that's it. You know, if, if Feb do finish top, which you would expect... They look like they're flying in, in, in the championship. Well, they've done a lot of work there at Post Office Road, but is it Super League worthy? If, if, if the others aren't, I don't know. I don't get it. So what do you do then? Do you go back to Toulouse, who currently are about third in the league? Do you, you, know, do you look at London again? Or I, I don't know. I know it's a different debate for a different day, but you know we can, we can criticise the grounds, but who's, who's going to replace them? You know, and, and like you say, you mentioned Cass there, a proper rugby league town who produced... God knows how many players over the years. If Cass go down the toilet, or Waker, you know, rugby league's in a bad, bad place at the moment, and that could that could be, you know, another death nail. But anyway, back to predictions. <laughs> this week's my week. I've I've made my mind up. So I'm going I'm going Castleford eight, Salford thirty-four. Okay. Eight thirty-four from Parker. Are uh, you having flashbacks from the Inu from last time you got close, Paul? 
Yeah, he let me down, didn't he, kicking that penalty goal? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Park has just got me one there, and, and my prediction is pretty close to that, actually. So I, I'm going to go Castleford 12, Salford 31. 12, 31. OK, I'm going to go Salford to win. I'm going to go Castleford 10, Salford 30. They're all round about them, aren't they? Yeah, so yep. we can all have a sweat. And this week, I can get, I can join in the sweatiness as well. It'll be twelve thirty to solve it, we'll all be all be worn out again. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's podcast. Been a great show, Parker, talking all about the Magic Weekend and all the big news regarding the Red Rise again, uh, and he's been great discussing it and talking all things Salford. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another another good week to be a to be a Salford fan. We, you know, we've not had many in my forty six years, but this the, the, the currently I'm I'm just loving it. I'm loving the the positivity around the club, the way the fans have all come together. You know, the the the, the bond that seems to be there again. It's kind of reminiscent of two thousand and three for me, and and long may it continue. Yeah, and we also, Paul, like to thank our listeners for donating via the Kofi and allowing us to produce his podcast, producing equipment, producing programmes to make this podcast the best it can be. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, we, we really appreciate that, don't we, as we mentioned. And it's great to see and great to interact with everybody who, who listens in. And yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. And it's, it's great to see all those happy faces at the game as well. It was brilliant on on, on the, the on Saturday to see everybody in you know, such a good mood. I hope we get to see that again this week. And don't forget this time next week when we're recording the podcast, we've got a quarter final to look forward to. How exciting is that going to be? So, so yeah, yeah, great show. Really enjoyed it. So very exciting times to be a soul fan. Big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of the Detail SRD. Find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon. <laughs>